This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Well, welcome to another episode. I almost said edition again, but uh, welcome to another episode of the the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Well, edition, these are episodes of a, a, you know, an internet radio program. An edition is something that's like something different. I think of Inside Edition when you say edition, which used to be hosted by Bill O'Reilly. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. We could maybe, I mean, we could maybe use a little bit more Bill O'Reilly energy on our podcast. I I doubt that. No, but sometimes I try to get you going, like mm-hmm. with a, hey, disagree with this or hey. Oh, let's, I see. We're trying and, to right foster a little antagonism or something. No, I just <laughs> I'm I'm looking to create a no spin zone here, Ben, <laughs> and I think. Maybe if you uh-huh. if you channel your inner Bill O'Reilly and I channel mm. my inner Rachel Maddow, yeah, wait, Ma- could, Maddow, 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 then uh, perhaps we could boost our ratings. All right, well let's uh, let's put it in the hopper. Okay. Let's try to figure it out. Next, maybe next episode. Yeah, uh, next, next episode. edition. The next edition of this pod- <laughs> podcast. No, uh, it's a new episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We're glad you're here. Glad you've joined us uh, for this. Um, episode. Um, today, we want to talk about, we've, we've just come through this series uh, on our missional theology axioms. Uh, that's been kind of how we started our whole podcast, um, going through these uh, ways of talking about what it means to see the world as Jesus did. And um, we wanted to, after, after we've come through these seven axioms, um, we wanted to take an episode just to talk a little bit about why we have them in the first place. Uh, which you know that might might have been good to do at the front end uh, on second thought, but but why do we have them in the first place? We, yeah. we spent a lot of our time uh, talking about what they were, kind of how they work, um, what what the you know kind of what the purpose of the axiom is, how it how it functions to help us see the world in a new way and kind of operate in a new posture in our lives and ministries. Um, but uh, but, but why thought, have them? But why have them? What 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 good do they do, or why do they exist? Um, 
Yeah, so we thought we'd do a, a podcast episode on it. Yes, so. and we have them because they make a good uh, first six episodes slash editions of our podcast. <laughs> right. Well, it's actually way more than that oh. um, because we, we spent, uh, yeah, we spent several weeks. Uh, we, remember, we spent that one week uh, just reviewing. Yes. Uh, so, so the first four podcasts, and then uh, the we spent one week uh, talking about one axiom over over two podcasts. And then we had Brian Zond in there as well. Yes. So anyway, but yeah, it's uh, we we thought like what what's the what's the situation, what's the cultural situation and the ministry situation from a practical standpoint that brings up the need for naming these realities mm-hmm. and holding on to them, doing the work of creating axioms out of these um, realities. Yep. So why why do that? Massive cultural shifts. Mm. Um, so these axioms function for us as, we've used the language of constructs, ways of seeing the world, ways of making sense of the world. And um, one of the ways to talk about the massive sort of shift of culture we're in now is that we're moving from a, a Christendom reality in the West where... Uh, well, Christendom. We could def- we could take a whole podcast and talk about Christendom. Se- several, but Christendom essentially uh, in- includes sort of the cultural artifacts of Christians are in charge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the culture is monolithic. Yeah, and it's uh, it's the culture is largely based upon Judeo Christian values: mm-hmm. the government, uh, the judicial system. Uh, social structures and, right. and institutions. Yeah. You can basically assume that everybody is, uh, basically everybody's a Christian. They might be a lapsed Christian, or they might not go to church that much, or they might not be sure about what they believe in God. But everybody's kind of a Christian because they're the same, you're a Christian the same way you're an American or a German or an Everybody's a Christian or knows they should be a Christian. Right. Right. So, yeah, there, so there's yeah. sort of this general assumption that the world functions from my perspective, my point of view, um, and so there's all kinds of um, you know benefits to that. Uh, you can look back over the last uh, many hundreds and hundreds of years when the Christian West, so, some of the some of the good things that came from that. Um, mm-hmm. There's also there's also things that are uh, dissimilar from that social location to how scripture uh, how 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 the writers of scripture their social location and where yeah. they were right so yeah. so <clears throat> one one difference is uh, that uh, in Christendom uh, white Christian guys like you and I mm-hmm. uh, we have sort of we're on the top of the social hierarchy yeah so we we have power uh, and positional power mm-hmm. uh, cultural capital to spend uh, just based upon our social location being a man being um, being white, right? Yeah. Being Christian, those kinds yeah. of things. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the scripture writers were not like that. They no. they weren't at the top of their social hierarchy or paradigm, right? They were on mm-hmm. the margins and in yeah. in uh, maybe in the minority yeah. of their of their cultural day, mm-hmm. right? And so the 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 literature. This is interesting to me. I don't know if you find this interesting at all. The literature that minority peoples write tends to be different. Than the literature that majority peoples write yes. in any given culture. Yes, right. And the way that history works is uh, typically um, <clears throat> majority voices win, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, you know we have we have reports from uh, battles and wars from the people who won it, not the people who didn't. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. the people who didn't, they don't get to write the story of right. we lost because they've been conquered. Right. They've been conquered. Uh, they don't have the power, and many of them are dead. 
Yes, that's why <laughs> <laughs> that contributed to their losing. Yeah, yeah, and and contributed to their lack of ability to write down history. Right. Yeah. So, so all that to be said, like scripture is uh, not 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 wholly unique, but more unique in this way that. Um, a large part of scripture is written by the people who lost. Yeah, it's a minority report. It's a minority report. Yeah. Um, and so, um, one of the things that uh, I've come to realize is that that I'm actually at a disadvantage as a majority person in a still mostly majority culture world. Mm-hmm. When I read a minority report from a different world. That like I I miss things. I don't I don't have the same assumptions. I don't see the world in the same way mm-hmm. as a person who isn't benefiting from worldly power every second of their existence. Yeah. They see the world differently. Mm-hmm. They inhabit the world differently. Different things are important to them. Mm-hmm. They have different assumptions. Yeah. And and because of my location, this isn't sin. This is just situation. Yeah. I miss it. I'm not able to see it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can't. I don't actually have eyes to see and ears to hear yeah. what it is that the point they were trying to make, because mm-hmm. it has occurred to me that that would be right. a point I need. Right. And you're talking about with, with every uh, minority report, uh, but specifically, uh, now, like, we can draw a line to say that, I mean, that includes scripture then. So we're at a disadvantage as privileged, powerful people when we read scripture because it wasn't written by people like us. Yeah, and not only were they like not Americans and didn't speak English and right. didn't have, yeah. uh, you know, but in terms of status, pairs of shoes, but they also were right. ancient Near Eastern Semitic, you know, Greek mm-hmm. people. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of disadvantages. Pre-scientific people. Right. Yeah, they didn't they didn't write uh, they didn't write with the same assumptions about why you would write or what you would write down or what you would include and what you would not include. All that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so uh, how does that? How does that then, like, draw draw a line then for us between that situation um, and the need for these axioms? Help us, help us keep yeah. drawing that line. Yeah. So, connect Je- the dots. Yeah. So Jesus has a similar thing when he shows up and he begins teaching and preaching. He uses parables, mm-hmm. which um, again, there's a whole par- there's a whole podcast we could do on parable. Mm-hmm. But a parable is a story that's meant to disorient and is meant to help people think about their thinking, mm-hmm. not think new things in their old thinking. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so, th- so this is maybe important. Their way of thinking. It's yeah. to think about your thinking so that you can think in a new way. Right. Right? Yeah. So I think we're used to, in Christendom, yeah. we all agree upon a way of thinking. Right. And my job as maybe a teacher or pastor or leader is mm-hmm. to give you new things to think about with your thinker. Yeah. Right? Or th- or things you forgot. Remember or, this? Or think yeah. about it this way? That right. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what, what Jesus was doing, and I want to uh, uh, maybe make the audacious claim that what our axioms attempt to do is to not just give us new things to think about, but to give us new ways of thinking. Right. Right? Yeah. So when Jesus says you don't have eyes to see or ears to hear, he's not saying you're stupid. He's mm-hmm. not saying you're not paying attention. He's saying that the way you make sense of reality, you can't grasp what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Right? And he has this passage in scripture about uh, wine, which makes some uh, you know mm-hmm. Wesleyans uncomfortable. But he talks about... <laughs> Yeah. If you're listening. So, sorry, Wesley. It's not all Wesleyans. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> not all Wesleyans. Uh, uh-huh. You know, that's just a Sunday school joke. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what what is that, Ben? You you're a, you're a Bible whiz. Well, I've got it pulled up on my uh, on my phone here, um, and it's Matthew nine, um, where Jesus is questioned by John's disciples about fasting. So John's the, John the Baptist disciples yeah. are operating in what you might say is the old paradigm, where righteous people fast. Okay. Um, right? So how, and, and they ask him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but you and your disciples do not fast? Interesting question. And Jesus' answer uh, is that how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. And then he says this, no one sews a new, or sorry, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. Hmm. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So that's what he says. Yes, and I've got uh, the critical edition of the Nestle Aland opened here, the Greek, uh, of the Greek. And in some editions, <laughs> Jesus says... Uh, uh, Go make me a sandwich to the Pharisees. He's super because they don't want to. They don't want right. to fast, and he's like, "Go make me a sandwich." Go make me a sandwich. What is that? What is that singing? <laughs> Some music is playing in the other room. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, so this this metaphor of old wine and new wine. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. Does that, how does that relate then? Um, well, I think uh, I think what Jesus is saying here is that um, you can't just take. Uh, this new situation that's come about, right? In his and what he's saying to the to uh, to the Pharisee to John's disciples there, is there's a completely new situation that that has come about here, and uh, you can't just pour the old uh, thinking, the, the old way of thinking about righteousness, the old way of thinking about every everything that you thought was like this is this is how we do this kingdom of God thing. This uh-huh. is how we be the people of God. You can't just pour that into this new situation. Um, you can't you can't pour the new thing that's happened into the old skin, the old structure, the old way of thinking. Yeah. So what you way have, to say this? You have a new, new you have to have a new wine skin. So so there's the contents mm-hmm. need a new container. Yeah. Yeah. The con- yeah, and that's what we're not used to thinking about. We're not used to thinking about the container. We're like we're like the fish who don't realize that they're swimming in water. Yeah. Tell right? us, tell tell, tell the, that it's uh, the, it's a it, it, there's two fish. And they're swimming through the water. You know, they're young fish. They're teenagers. What are their names? Uh, Bob and Jim. Bob and Jim. Yeah. They're, this is the 50s. Every kid was named Bob. So anyway, they're swimming through the water. And then this older fish swims by in the other direction and just says, hey, boys, how's the water? You know, just kind of making small talk. And the fish, you know, they don't really answer. They think like, well, that's weird. An old guy's talking to us. And they keep swimming along. And then uh, one of them, Bob, turns to Jim and he says, what the heck is water? Right, so they don't realize they're swimming in water, and that that's the same with us. We don't oftentimes realize that we we have a way of thinking. We yeah. just think we're thinking, but we have a way of thinking, and we're situated in a context, and we we have a container for our thinking. And what Jesus' parables are seeking to do, what our axioms are seeking to do, is is uh, bring people, help people reflect on the container for their thinking. We're, we're, we're hoping that people can begin to realize that they have a way of thinking. It's really a form of self-awareness, where I'm not just stuck inside the water, yeah, wondering what, what the heck people are talking about when they say water, but I start to realize, oh, 
I'm in, okay, water is a thing that's different from air, and there's a reason I'm down here and not up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so to bring this back around, maybe this has been a long uh, rabbit trail. Hmm. To bring it back around, Jesus wanted to help people think about reality, other people, God, in new ways. Yes. So he didn't just give new information, mm-hmm. he gave new paradigms, and then inside those paradigms, yeah. reinterpreted the old information. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Um, so similarly, what we're saying is, um, maybe some of our late modern, or you could say even emerging postmodern, Christendom context is not beneficial in every way for us to see these paradigms Jesus operated out of. So we can we can be uh, blinded or have have uh, just obscured vision of what Jesus was act, how he was thinking, how he was operating mm-hmm. because of our own constructs yeah. and containers. Yeah. It's easy to misinterpret. It's easy to misinterpret, yeah. right? Yeah. And so uh, the axioms are meant to be correctives and mm-hmm. and clarifying. We want to name the container that we see Jesus using mm-hmm. so that we can reinterpret the contents of our lives. Yeah. And even the contents of how we make sense of theology and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, now, now, there is some humility here, Ben, if you didn't know. <laughs> the humility is uh, we're not presuming that we that these are, I mean, this isn't a static thing. Like, we're discovering these, and we're naming them, and we're trying to get them yeah. out, right? And we're trying to yeah. talk about them. Have, yeah. Part of gravity leadership is creating a community of people where we can go, are we crazy? Do you see this too? Mm-hmm. Is this, do you, does this make sense to you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and overwhelmingly, we get people who are like, oh, gosh, thank yes. you. Thanks for naming that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so it's not like we have, we have this privileged, objective, exhaustive place where we're no, seeing everything from this, you know, no. uh, Perched hierarchical sort of point of view. Yeah, no, that's not it at all. It's like we're in, we're in it. We're the fish. You know, you're Bob. I'm Jim. We're (laughs) in the water, and we're trying to name. We're trying to name what's dissimilar and similar about how we see reality. Yeah, and then how Jesus does. Yeah, and it's come through. I mean, it's worth saying that the only reason we have these axioms is because of failures in ministry and coaching. Like as we have tried to ourselves kind of live into the way of Christ, live into the way of Jesus. Yeah. And as we've tried to help others do that through discipleship and through the coaching that we do, um, there w- we would hit these glass walls. We'd be like, why doesn't, like, what's going on here? What's happening here that there's this misunderstanding or there's this failure of, uh, there's no fruit here. Like, what's going on? This should work. Yep. You know? And so a lot of those axioms came out of those frustrations of saying, okay, why doesn't it work if it should so to speak, and that that for us becomes an indicator of okay. There's something at work here that we're not naming that we need to name if people if we're going to get out of this you know glass cage. Yeah. Of emotion. <laughs> Sorry, that's no. my that's my existence, Ben. You're yeah, naming how glass I live cage of emotion every every day. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so they emerged out of that. So there's no um, yeah, there's no there's no objective pristine place. We don't you know go to the mountaintop and and get axioms from stone tablets that were delivered to us, right? Was that just me? <laughs> never <laughs> never happened. I don't believe it. Um, yeah, they come out of our experience, and especially our experiences of, our negative experiences. Like, they're this isn't painful, working. they're hard. They're like, why isn't this, ugh, this is hard. This yeah. isn't working. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they come out of that. Which is, that's our seventh axiom, how we learn. Yeah. I mean, we came up with it, like, as we were recording podcasts on the axioms. 
I mean, we, we kind of had it in the back of our minds, but, but we started thinking about it <clears throat> at that point. Okay, so then, axioms are then not just new content to uh, put into our old ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. So axioms aren't just new wine to put in old wineskins. Right. But these axioms are meant to be new wineskins right. that enable us to hold mm-hmm. new wine. Yes. Right? And reinterpret and include the old wine. Yeah. So, so it's not... It's not both that, are preserved. Both are at preserved. At the end of that parable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> both have a place. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just... So if we're going to be able to uh, go into the Old Testament, for instance, right. and navigate, uh, you've heard it said, but I say to you, in the way that Jesus does, mm-hmm. we're going to need to see, for instance, the law the way Jesus does, mm-hmm. right? Not not with with new lenses, not with yeah. not with the old lenses, right? And lenses, I, I just thought of that. That's another good metaphor. I mean, Jesus uses wineskins and wine, but lenses make a great metaphor for this. That what these axioms are is not uh, like a chair in the room. The axioms are lenses I put on to look at the chair. In the room, and so I, I'm able to see my life. I'm able to see other people. I'm able to see God. I'm able to see my job, my situation, like my social location. I'm able to see it in a new way. There's new clarity or a new tint or a new hue that comes to it because I'm putting on these glasses, putting on this lens of God is always present in a work. Yeah. So let me give an example of this because yeah. Um, yeah. I've got. Uh, okay, so one of the benefits of being a pastor or any person who gets paid to love Jesus, is that you can set, you have a lot of freedom over your schedule. Right. And so, uh, you know, I was, I, w- I came to Christ, and the first thing I learned in college when I came to Christ was how to have a quiet time, and how to do my devotions, which is, uh, in my seasons of my life when I had a nine-to-five full-time job, was a li- it took a little more rigorous kind of structure and intentionality yeah. than it does when, um, you know, I get paid to love Jesus, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? From a professional right. Christian, right? Yeah, totally. So, uh, but there, there, there are certain um, things that I, I want and I tell myself I need in order to be with God. The first is a full night's sleep. Mm-hmm. The second is to wake up before my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third is to not have any kind of headache or body ache or, or hunger or sickness or illness that would interfere with my capacity to be present to God and, mm-hmm. you know, sit down with my my study Bible and my my prayer uh, stool, whatever, you know, whatever it is. I, you <laughs> Kneeling know. bench. Yeah. So, uh, so, but, uh, but, but uh, you, you know this, Ben, uh, we all know this, that seldom, seldom do our, our morning quiet times work out the, exactly the way we want. Right. Yeah. Like, even if we're able to get one or two days and that are that happen exactly the way we want them to and can mm-hmm. conceive of them yeah. eventually life hits the fan mm-hmm. and things break down yeah. and you you yeah. get you get to bed late or you wake up uh cranky or your your kids are up in the middle of the night yeah. uh you know sick all kinds of chaos you can't control right yeah. right and so there there is a um there's this belief that lives in my body that like as long as things go the way i want them then God is present in a work. Mm-hmm. E- even even when it comes down to something as simple as meeting with God in an intentional way on a daily basis. If I have all the preconditions and um, if if all the situational things work out perfectly, mm-hmm. then God is present in a work. Yeah, right. That'll that'll be the evidence of it. Then I'll know. If I get up on time, if I'm if I'm if I stay off my phone, you know, if mm-hmm. my if my kids aren't up when I get up, yeah. then then God is present at work. Yeah. Right? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for instance, this this axiom helps me. Like on like this morning, mm-hmm. uh, I slept in a little later than normal, and when I got up, my son was uh, sitting in my chair. My, my chair. Your quiet time chair. <gasps> he was in my sacred space. <laughs> um, and so I I uh, raised my staff and I cast him out. No, he uh, he was sitting in my chair and my daughter was up in the basement and mm-hmm. she when she wakes my my son reads when he wakes up my daughter mm-hmm. goes in the basement and sings and pretends that she's um, recording her YouTube channel. God help us, she's six. Oh yeah. And so yeah. Uh, so immediately my thought was I don't have any space for for me mm-hmm. for me and God right and immediately immediately inside this is not without this is without trying I'm not, i didn't choose this consciously right. but immediately i made the decision that um, i'm not able to meet with god the way i wanted i'm not able to be with god the way i wanted yeah right yeah and uh, that kind of sets that that is an assumption of a reality that sets your life then today off on a certain kind of path either right? resignation or, yeah. or pouting or yeah. some sort of low-level irritation and anger with my children or some mm-hmm. kind of selfishness of like pulling away and you know casting my son downstairs to be with the YouTube star what, whatever it is right yeah. but but there was a reckoning this morning of no God is present at work even when reality goes against my wishes yeah even when I don't get what I want yeah how can I be with God mm-hmm. when things don't go exactly the way I want them to? yeah yeah, and that and that's so that's a that's a moment of discipleship, right? You're leaning into that, and that's a moment of you uh, being able to put on a different lens. Nothing about your situation changed, right? Nothing about the situation changed. Nope. But you're able to put on a, a different lens, which is God is always present at work. So that allows me to look at this situation, look at my kids, look at my family in a new way. So what I was thinking about didn't change, but how I thought about what I was thinking about changed. Right. Yeah. The container. The container, or the lens. So right. the contents were the same. The container that held the contents shifted, which mm-hmm. opened up a new reality for me that didn't exist without that container. Yes, yeah. I had access to something new, mm-hmm. something vital. Yeah. That if I didn't have that way of seeing or that way of of looking in the world, I would have missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So here's what I want to do next podcast. I think we need to maybe extend this into two podcasts because mm-hmm. we tend to be verbose. There's there's a shift there's a shift that we need to name that each of these axioms indicates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because these aren't exhaustive, we could have any number of axioms, and because they are timely, meaning they are res- in response to a late twenty twenty like a late early twenty first century late modern Christianity right. and the location we find ourselves in. Right, I think it would be important to name just like I named that shift. How do these axioms open up new possibilities for us so we can see the kingdom of God in new ways? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They, they call us out of maybe the spirituality that we haven't chosen, but we just have by default. Yeah. We've adopted it. We've absorbed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like this, I would never say, hey, the spirituality that's most faithful is when you get what you want, God is present to you. Right. But that's the way that I live. Yeah. Without trying. Without trying. Without choosing. Without choosing intentionally. it. Intentionally. That's, yeah. that's my default operating system. Mm-hmm. And as I listen and talk to other people, they're like, yeah, me too. Yeah. So yeah. we'll do that next time. Yeah. Yeah? Sounds good. Hopefully this wasn't too esoteric for y'all. Like, yeah. you know, we talked it's about a, little, a lot. A little bit abstract, but but I, I'm hoping it was helpful. Hopefully naming this gives you uh, the, the perception to be able to be uh, increasingly see this in your life. Yes. All right. Yes. Great. We'll see you next time. Next time. Uh, We'll continue to talk about this. Peace, y'all. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future episode. And join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful in our work as local pastors and practitioners of discipleship and mission. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or Renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video, find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.